Hi, Tim here. Every now and then, I take the opportunity to have a mini break from putting out new episodes. But it also presents a great opportunity to dip back into my catalogue of episodes to pull out some that got a lot of listening engagement, and which are also topics that I still get asked a lot about. And for this week, it is my biggest podcast of 2021 to date, Collagen Supplements and how there could just be some good science behind those amazing health claims made about them for your skin, joints, and more. Enjoy. Collagen supplements are big business. And is it any wonder when they are touted as the elixir for youthful and glowing skin? With plenty of A-list celebrities singing its praises, it's no wonder collagen is having a moment in the spotlight. And a look at Google Trends shows interest in searching for collagen supplements really took off at the start of 2019, and it is showing no signs of slowing down. Reading the shopping list of health claims made about collagen, from turning back the clock on your skin, treating joint pain, and even healing your gut, you should rightly raise your sceptical flag. Yet, when you look at the scientific evidence, there could just be some validity to some of these claims. That's what I'll be exploring in today's podcast. So let's start off by talking about collagen. Collagen's key role is as a major structural protein in numerous tissues of the body, including tendons, ligaments, cartilage, blood vessels, and of course, skin. It is so abundant in the body that it makes up almost 30% of our total protein mass. The structure of collagen is characterized by a triple helix arrangement, which forms a very strong structure. Think of collagen like a rope with many fibers intertwined to make it strong. No wonder then its key role is in forming a scaffold for the structure and strength of tissues such as skin and bones. Collagen though is not one molecule but at least 28 distinct types. But it is types 1, 2 and 3 collagens which are the most abundant in your body. You'll find type 1 collagen in the connective tissues of tendons, ligaments, corneas, bones and skin. Type 3 collagen usually is found along with type 1 collagen in the skin and blood vessels, while type 2 collagen is primarily found within cartilage. Now, when it comes to oral collagen supplements, it is hydrolyzed collagen that dominates the market. Hydrolyzed simply means the breaking down of a molecule with water. Hydrolyzed proteins are smaller in length compared to undernatured whole proteins, so they're generally absorbed faster and more efficiently. The collagen that is used in supplements can be derived from numerous sources, including cattle, pigs, chicken, and marine sources. It is a nice use of what would essentially be a waste product in the processing of these animals and fish for human consumption. Marine collagen is a common source and is similar in terms of biocompatibility and amino acid content to that of collagen from pigs or cattle. Marine sources of collagen may even have greater advantages over animal sources due to their greater absorption because of their lower molecular weight and negligible biological contaminants such as toxins and also they have low inflammatory effects. 
Now, if you've been paying attention, you may have noticed all the sources of collagen I've mentioned have come from animals. Yet, it is possible you may have come across vegan collagen as a supplement. And all I can say is, I'm calling them a scam. Firstly, plants don't make collagen. End of story. In a lab, collagen can now be made using genetically modified yeast and bacteria. But this isn't widely available. And I don't know how well the terms GMO and lab-grown may gel with a vegan philosophy. If you see collagen being promoted as vegan, it is usually a sleight of hand by focusing on a mixture of amino acids and peptides that could be similar to what you find in hydrolyzed collagen. And research to support any health claims with this sort of mixture? Zero. But why even bother with collagen? Surely all protein just becomes an amino acid soup in our body after digestion. While it may seem that digestion should make collagen no different from any other protein source we eat, hydrolyzed collagen reaches the small intestine where it is absorbed into the bloodstream, both in the form of small collagen peptides and free amino acids. Now these collagen peptides and amino acids are then distributed in the human body, in particular to the skin, where it has been shown they can remain for up to two weeks. So there is some functional specificity here in how the body treats collagen in our diet for how it contributes to connective tissue building, rather than just entering into the general protein and amino acid pool. And this is a critical point, as it gives a potential mechanism for why clinical studies seem to show a benefit of taking collagen. More on that in a minute, but first, a side detour into bone broth. We can thank the paleo fad for launching an explosion in interest in bone broth. The long list of health claims made about this miracle substance is astounding. Almost as astounding as a lack of any real solid evidence to support these claims. Bone broth is made by simmering bone and connective tissue of various animals for extended periods to extract the collagen in the form of gelatin, which is just the name for cooked collagen as well as you'll get some additional amino acids, minerals, and bone marrow. Unlike gelatin, though, hydrolyzed collagen is more suitable for digestion because it dissolves in water much easier, and it is well absorbed. And the other big issue with using bone broth as a source of collagen is that there is no way of knowing how much collagen is in your homemade or commercial broth. And at least one study has found a lower content of key amino acids such as glycine, proline and hydroxyproline in bone broth compared to a collagen supplement. It is why the commercial hydrolyzed collagen supplements are so popular because of the known dose. And once you have that, you know you're in the ballpark for potential benefits, which is what I'm moving on to now. So the sad fact of aging is that most of the collagen in our body and skin declines. After the age of 18, we lose about 1% of it each year. And by the time we're 80 years old, we may just have a quarter of the collagen in our skin compared to when we were young adults. Little collagen means weak, wrinkly and aged skin. Enter collagen supplements. 
And this is where we now have what I consider a small but growing band of clinical trials showing what I consider some promise of collagen supplements in improving skin health. Take one study, for example, from 2014, which was a randomized placebo-controlled trial in 69 women aged between 35 and 55, who were randomly allocated to one of three groups. The women took either 2.5 grams or 5 grams of hydrolyzed collagen each day, or were given a placebo powder. And they did this for eight weeks. And I'll link to the study in the show notes. And there was a significant improvement in skin elasticity in the collagen groups at the end of the study. And there was also an indication that skin moisture was also improved. But this study doesn't stand on its own. And I can count over a dozen human randomized controlled clinical trials so far looking at collagen supplements on markers of skin health and aging. In fact, in 2019, there was a systematic review published on the use of oral collagen supplements on skin health. 11 studies were included involving over 800 people with doses of collagen hydrolysate ranging from 2.5 to 10 grams per day. And I'll link to this review in the show notes. And the conclusion? Positive and promising results for wound healing and skin aging, which includes increased skin elasticity, hydration, and dermal collagen density, with just about every study showing a positive outcome, all with no reported adverse events. Now, some of the studies used additional ingredients in the secret source of collagen supplements, such as vitamin C and E, biotin, and zinc. But as a whole, it does suggest that the consumption of hydrolyzed collagen may be effective at improving markers of skin aging. But there isn't enough detail yet to know if there is a difference in what type of collagen is best as far as the source of it, or if it should be type 1, 2, 3, or a mixture. But it doesn't stop at a benefit for skin health. There is some research in osteoarthritis, which is a degenerative disease of joint cartilage. Data from multiple studies suggest that oral hydrolyzed collagen supplementation may be an effective supplement in managing painful symptoms of osteoarthritis. In fact, there has been a meta-analysis published in this area in 2018, which showed that hydrolyzed collagen is effective at improving osteoarthritis symptoms. The analysis could include data from five randomized placebo-controlled trials where collagen was taken by people with osteoarthritis. Typical doses range from 2 to 10 grams per day. Common reports for those who took the hydrolyzed collagen supplement was a decrease in pain, stiffness, and functional limitations. And I'll link to this review in the show notes. And hydrolyzed collagen may also be beneficial in athletes with joint pain and discomfort caused by their sport. From the small amount of research done so far, doses of 5 to 10 grams have been used. In one study, 73 athletes who consumed 10 grams of collagen daily for 24 weeks experienced a significant decrease in joint pain while walking and at rest, compared with a group 
that did not take it. And in another study, adults who took collagen daily for 70 days had a significant reduction in joint pain and were better able to engage in physical activity than those who did not take it. But the collagen story is not all about skin and joints. There is some really interesting prelim work showing that hydrolyzed collagen may be effective at improving insulin sensitivity and glucose and lipid metabolism and also reducing hypertension in people with type 2 diabetes. I mean, it all reads as kind of a shopping list of health benefits. But for those who are regular listeners of this podcast, you would know that I have an evidence threshold for making claims. And at least with collagen, there definitely appears to be something to the story. All for something that is, after all, a natural food. I will make special mention, though, of gut health, because it comes up a lot in those promoting collagen, especially in the more insta-influencer natural health world. There is zero evidence in humans to support collagen doing anything to plug those leaks in your leaky gut. That doesn't mean that it will do nothing, only that the claims made in this space are based upon some very courageous leaps of logic from the amino acid content of collagen to what's going on in your gut. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Nutrition.